I think being a film kid and then going to film school is like a kid who loves candy and then going to Willy Wonka's factory. It's like, oh my God, like everybody like loves everything. I would say a massive pro is also like being exposed to all of these people because it really forces you to up your game to just like think differently the people that you admire most are your classmates like they they're they're your equals and they're doing such incredible things you know so it makes it really pushes you Hi, I'm Jakub. And I'm Mark. And welcome back to Department Spotlight, which is the show where we speak to our friends and colleagues in the film industry about their experiences making movies. So this month, we've got a special episode. We'll be speaking to Talia Smith. She is the writer and director of Umama, which recently won a Student Academy Award. So, yeah, let's get into it. So today we're obviously speaking with Talia Smith, who is just such a great director you know, coming from South Africa, but doing such great things there in America. So we're really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for giving your time. Maybe you could start by just sort of telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I was born and raised in South Africa. And then I left when I was 18 just to go and study in New York to study film studied film there but my home base is still South Africa and always will be South Africa and kind of when I got to NYU while I was like writing and figuring out what I wanted to do I kind of decided that I wanted to focus on South African stories at at that point because I felt like nobody, everybody, all the Americans I was speaking to didn't understand me half the time. So I thought, oh, well, if I write scripts, then they have to read them in class and they'll have to understand me. And that's where I wrote Umama, which was my thesis film, which Mark works on. And um, yeah, and then that's what's been happening now is just like doing film festival circuits with Umama and um, yeah. That was actually going to be one of my questions like why did you decide to to make you know African stories you know take it over there? Yeah definitely well I think um, it's for me it's specifically South African stories because I think I don't know it, it was like the more time I spent away from South Africa, the more I like yearned to be there and to watch South African films. Or like I would, like my roommate said, I was the most stereotypical South African ever because they would come home and see me crying and they'd be like, oh, she's watching Nelson Mandela on YouTube, probably. I'm like, yeah, he did so much good. <laughs> I love him. Um, I'm so moved by South African people because we've, you know, our country's gone through so much and then you come to South Africa and people are so incredible and so resilient. So I thought, like, you know, in America... At first I was like, ooh, I don't want to be the girl who just tells South African stories. And then I thought about American directors and nobody says to them, oh, they just tell American stories. 
And I was like, what's the difference? And a, a good story is a good story. And like, I think having a different perspective coming from South Africa, there's so many different layers and beautiful people and such talented people there that if I could use like the platform that where I am to help other talented South Africans, that would be amazing. And if they're doing it on their own already, that's even better. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just, I just want South Africans to rule the world is the end, (laughs) the end of it. Yeah, I think South Africans have incredible stories and, um, I think the world is more open to hearing different stories now. So it kind of reminds me of that mentality kind of reminds me of, um, something that Ava DuVernay said. Um, and I know she, like she's American, but the point was that someone said to her, Oh, you're just, uh, you're just the, the person that tells political stories. And then <clears throat> she tried to sort of stray away from that from a bit but then she was actually like no I'm uh, that that's actually the person I am these are the stories I want to tell so that's what I'm going to do so that's cool it's like a really honest uh way to approach to approach it so I wanted to ask just tell us about Umama specifically sure so I think like I said like leaving South Africa I started to gain new perspective and so in my third year at NYU, I um, became obsessed with the idea of what being a mother is. And I thought, like, wow, being a mother is so selfless. And then, like, it's the most selfless job because you can't get promoted when you're a mother, you know. And then I thought about Susan, who, um, like, I had a picture of her up in my dorm room and people would always, in America, they would always say to me, oh, who is that woman, you know? And I always felt weird about, like, how do I describe her because she's, I know that if I say to an American, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but, like, a lot of the time what I experience is just saying, oh, she's the, my domestic worker doesn't describe the relationship because, she was like a second mother to me. And then I started to think, well, that's extremely selfless because she's like a second mother to me, but she has her own family that she's kind of like, she lives in Rustenburg, which is two hours away. So she would only go home like once every month, which is crazy. And she's doing that for her family. And um, when I, so I started to think a lot about this. And then whenever I would go home, to South Africa would see like oh she's like my second mother and she knows so much about Judaism which is something that's really interesting to me like she we keep a kosher kitchen which means like we have all these like specific laws about what plates we can use for what and she knows that and she isn't Jewish and sometimes I'll mess up and she'll say no that's the wrong plate you have to use this one um So I just thought it was very interesting. And then also thinking about when I was um, six years old, I had this like vivid image of coming home one day and seeing her crying like on the the stairs of our house. And I remember saying to my mom, like, what's going on? And she said, no, her son passed away. And at that time, 
like couldn't like it was a I remember being so small and like not being able to comprehend that she had this other family like I knew her daughter and we were friends but then to have like a son that I don't know about and I'm and now he's passed away and she was with us and then being older and thinking about like how just devastating that must have been um I just thought okay let me write about it for myself just to digest and see like not really to make sense of it but just to state what exists and so that's what I did and my class really encouraged me to carry on writing about it um and then it just like took on a life of its own people really liked it and they said you should do this for your thesis and then I listened to them thank goodness um and then here we are amazing cool so I suppose yeah um just one of the questions here I think that leads onto that really well is that um as you're developing it like we know it's a it's a true story but it's still a film and not a documentary and I know that um obviously some names are changed um like the your mother the younger version of yourself in the story the names are changed a bit I wanted to know in the development of it what um what was expanded contracted invented that type of thing to get the truth of it across as a film as opposed to a documentary yeah so it's that's something that's very important to me is that it's based on this moment or like inspired sorry not based it's inspired by this moment but that's not how it happened at all um i mean there obviously were parts of it that are true and there's element i guess the way it happened is like they're all elements of truth put into a cohesive story so it's like the moment of um the moment specifically between cassandra and sibongile are moments that would happen between me and susan like i did play mama temba in my school play which is weird you know when i because i went to an all jewish school and i'm playing mama temba and that was kind of our way of learning about a different culture and i was just thinking wow that's so interesting like that's how i'm learning about a different culture and she already knows so much about mine and then in reality it happened over rosh hashanah another jewish holiday but i changed it to passover because i thought the like symbolism there was more powerful um and then the story of her the way her son was killed is how it happened where he went to billiards and they were playing pool um and they he won and they killed him because he won which is just like senseless violence and so crazy um but unfortunately like it's the reality of our country and so many other people share similar stories which is what scared me the most doing research for this film um but the story of Tabiso um her son's name is not Tabiso and 
his story is more um it's more based on kids of the born free generation and like um what I did was I did a lot of interviews with children whose mothers were domestic workers what growing up was like for them so there was one story that I heard or a lot of stories where they would be at school and they wouldn't fit in and then they would come home and be marked for like eating white people's food um and just not really having a sense of belonging which I thought was interesting and not really understanding why their mothers were doing that until they were much older what their mothers were going through for them um so his story is completely fabricated but like with other people's stories so yeah research yeah mm-hmm. yeah what was important to me was just to show like like she didn't get to get an education and she she is um a result of circumstance of what our the history of our country and he now has opportunities that she didn't have because she's working in the only position that she can um but he is now in that same vein like has an absent mother figure almost and can't really see that at mm. the time so yeah i hope that answers the question <laughs> it does and it's such a beautiful film i i mark sent me the link uh, a little while ago and it's it's wow <laughs> i mean the way that you portray all these things and like like you were saying you were striving for the selflessness and it's it's really it's really up there i wanted to ask um so when you were making this film right obviously uh it's a nyu project so how did you find managing things from America, then shooting here and doing post-production there. How was that process? It was wild. Um, We actually did post-production in South Africa um, because my dad is an editor. So we used his um, editing skills and his uh, company, Orchestra Blue, and they really helped us a lot. And obviously I trust my dad with everything. So that was very much it was easy because I trust him a lot. Um, but other, like producing it, that was hard. That was a lot of work, um, especially from America because you ha- only have so many hours that you can get things done. Um, and if you look in the credits, like we have producing teams because we needed so many producers to kind of help get this thing off the ground and like we needed so many feet on the ground in South Africa to help us um and it was also interesting having so we had five including me five NYU crew and I sat them down with a presentation of like what to expect in South Africa and I was like we have hardy dars they are loud birds and they will ruin (laughs) any of our takes (laughs) Um, kind of just like preparing everyone for it was very interesting and my producer Nora she just like learned so much not only about South Africa but like Jewish South Africa because she was dealing with 
my high school who was giving us the halls and what days we could use the halls because they were Jewish holidays. And then she was like, okay, there's so many Jewish holidays. Maybe I can contact them now. And then it was Heritage Day. And she was like, how many holidays are there in South Africa? And it's just like <laughs> a lot. There's a lot. Um, so that was like very interesting. And then also kind of also raising the money was just a crazy thing to do. Um, and uh, NYU is amazing in that they really like they try set it up as if it's a professional like what you would do if you were in a professional doing a professional film but also for the safety of everybody on set so we have to take pictures of breaker boxes and um like have all these plans set out which don't really uh like translate in South Africa so it was it was hard. There were a lot of times where it's like, let's just not get a child permit for the actors. And we're like, no, we have to because NYU wants it and we don't want to get in trouble. So we'll do that. And they're like, but it's South Africa. I was like, I know, but it's also NYU and they're going to shout at me. So let's get everything <laughs> together properly. Um, but it was, it was such a learning experience and like hard work, but I wouldn't change it because we learned so much from it awesome um can you tell us a little bit about the cast i know this is not one of the questions but like you had um some really like really good um actors in your film can you talk about how you um cast them uh how you found them and how you pitched them the project wow it was everything was so interesting how how it happened like I keep saying this but I really do feel like they are film gods and they were with me on this project because it was just like how we got Connie who obviously was in Black Panther but how we managed to get her was she I was following some South African DP on Instagram randomly. Somebody sent me his profile and they're like, oh, go follow him. He's South African. Because, you know, like, if you're South African, you have to follow all the South Africans. And so I was following him and he posted this picture of Connie. And I was like, wow, she is, she's perfect for this. So I went onto her Instagram page and on she had just downloaded Instagram that day and by mistake put her cell phone number in her bio. Oh, wow. And so I said to my mom, please call her because I can't call her. <laughs> I'm in America, so can you please call her and tell her, like, my daughter's doing a film. <laughs> like, very professional, you know. Ha, ah, my daughter's doing a film. Do you want to be in it? <laughs> but... My mom called her and she, like, agreed to speak with me. And obviously we have, like, no money. And that at that point we rarely have no money. Um, and so I just spoke with her about, why, like, what I wanted to achieve as a filmmaker and speaking about how I want to use my platform to help bring up other South Africans. And she said for her that was also important in terms of the South African youth and the actors in South Africa, she learned 
like how to act by being on set and she wants to give back to the community by doing that so she said she'll do it um, and I'm so glad she did because she's literally perfect and everybody should put her in every single film because she's amazing um, and then the other actors I held auditions we sent blast mm-hmm. emails like to after to vert to like all the all the schools and I don't know what happened but they weren't getting through and then it was eventually like we it was through friends and connections they were like oh this person's an actor and I held auditions in December and we shot it in June so we held auditions in December we found a lot of the cast and then it was a week before shooting and the main actor who was going to play her son called me and he had gotten a role on a soap opera which was and we were, was a week before filming oh. and I was like obviously sure. take, take the soap opera like you're getting paid you're not getting paid for this like take it I totally understand and then <clears throat> I f- we flew back from New York after graduation and I spoke to another friend and she said, there's this guy, he's amazing. It was Mali Bongwe. And we flew in that day. We went to go audition him. He, me and my mom were like, are we jet lagged or is he amazing? And he's amazing. So we were like, okay, you got the part. Are you ready to do it? Um, and yeah, and so that's how we cast most of it. And little Leah, the little girl who plays like, me uh Cassandra she had never acted before but her mom came in for the audition and I said to her because I saw her in the display picture I said does your daughter act and she said she hasn't but she's an actress and like she was right so she came in and she was incredible as well um and yeah so that's how we cast everybody that's amazing Wow. It sounds like it really all just came together, like you were saying, it sort of was like meant to be. Yeah, literally, so um, much of it was. So what was what was the process of approaching directing actors that are playing people <laughs> that are based on like a younger version of yourself or your mom or Susan? What was <laughs> how's that different? I'm sure it must be a bit strange because I know that <laughs> when I was down set and then you look like you're looking at Connie and then like Susan's in the background just working <laughs> and you're like whoa and then like your mom's helping out on set and then like it was it Shelly is just right there and I was like this is <laughs> this is strange um so what was that what was that like for you well I think like at that point it wasn't it definitely is um like a tribute to Susan but at that point I had it it was all mama the film and it wasn't really it wasn't necessarily like me or the characters that were me but I think what was good about each of these actors was that it really was they were each bringing elements of themselves to the to these characters they weren't far off from who they were either so I mean 
I think also Connie is just such a master that I knew that it was it was going to be so easy. Um, but all of them, literally, like it was. I think it, it in terms of like directing them, it wasn't. I never saw it as like oh, I'm now directing her to be like my mom but it was like okay this is Bridget and this is Cassandra and this is Sipo and this is Tabiso um and at that point I had like gone through the script so many times that I it it was the story now and not like my my past or my history um but yeah and they were just they were so good so it wasn't hard at all Cool. Um, so what would you say is uh, something that people might not realize um, about making sort of this film? Or what is something that people just <laughs> might not know about uh, making South African films or a film in South Africa? It's so fun to make films in South Africa because it's it's not normal to make films there. So people want to be in it, you know, and like people want to know what's going on. People want to help out, especially on our film. It was just like so many people helped, like all of our crew volunteered. And and not only did they volunteer, but they were like went above and beyond. And they, my um, American crew kept saying to me like, they, like, want to be here. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that it, like, we were so strict because we had, like, learned, like, okay, these are the hours. We have to take a break after six hours, you know. And all the South Africans were like, we can keep going. We don't care. We'll, <laughs> we'll stay here for three days and not sleep, <laughs> you know. So I think it's just, like, the energy. And that's why I want to tell South African stories is because like South Africans just have this energy that makes you want to, I don't know, like so positive and can do anything. So I think definitely the experience was incredible, but it comes with a lot of challenges like load shedding. And when the (laughs) municipality decides, oh, we're not giving you water today and you just need a foam rain on a window that exact day so your gaffer has to spray water out of his mouth onto the window (laughs) it's just like (laughs) you know so there's definitely it has its challenges for sure but it's fun it's all all good in the end I've also found that with those like South Africans are just so willing and down to just be involved but uh, there was also something I think special to this set specifically was that um, everyone who like read the script and knew this and knew the story it was felt like there was it was a part of their uh, their experience as well. Like I know for me when I read the script and I was just in tears because I was just like I had this a similar experience as well. So I felt like everyone on set had this like uh, <clears throat> sense of purpose that we were telling something that was very important to be told. So I think that also like created such a good environment as well. Totally. I think like what was incredible for me and I think what pushed uh, like what exactly what you said like what made it so great to be on set was that so many people could relate to the story like when we had our first um, table read 
we never really read the script. So it was just like people were going around talking about their stories, how they relate to it from and from different angles, which was so interesting, you know? Like Shelley was speaking about how she related to it. And then Sabella was speaking about how he related to it on a completely different perspective. And like just everybody kind of coming together and um, I think one of the actors said it to me the other day, but it was a, a process of healing for a lot of people, like to have gone through. And I think, um, but for me and Susan to have done together was just like incredible. She hadn't, she she came one day to a table read and she had pictures of her son and she was telling us the story and she was showing pictures of her son and she said she said to me you know this is the first time I've taken these pictures out since he passed away she hadn't she gave them to her sister and she hadn't looked at the pictures so it was like um it was such a beautiful experience to go through together and then watching Susan watch it was also so beautiful she loved like the scenes between Cassandra and Sibongile like the specifically the roast potatoes she was like exactly exactly (laughs) um so that was beautiful and like she is just so like she loves the film so that was what was most important to me Okay, so let's let's move on to what happened after the film uh, was like done and completed. So let's start off like at the bottom. <laughs> what was sort of like the first festival where it started like gaining traction, and what was the journey sort of from there? Yeah, so the first film festival. I remember we submitted to Rapid Line Film Festival, and we got in like. Um, I got an email the next day from them saying like you got in and I was like oh this is is this real like did I apply to the right place Um, but I was so excited because it was the first one that we got into and it was also in South Africa and I was like oh that's that's really great and then we got into um, NYU well okay so NYU has a film festival and it's called NYU's first run film festival and it's all of the films that you make, like, in your last year. And they go mm-hmm. and, like, if you if you come in the top three, they will apply to other festivals for you that they have access to mm-hmm. and they'll introduce you to, like, um, industry professionals. So I was really – that was the one that I was, like, most set on. And I came – back from so I'd gone to South Africa for a wedding and shown the film in South Africa and after I came back from that like screening I got an email from NYU saying that I had submitted it to the wrong category and I got disqualified and I was like heartbroken I didn't know what to do I was crying I was like hyperventilating actually is the right word um (laughs) And I called my professor, whose um, class I did it in, and he was like, no, we're not letting this happen. You worked so hard. This is so important. He and my other amazing professor, who, like, just helped me throughout my time at NYU, like, 
rallied together. They were like, she made a mistake. She clicked the wrong box. It's not her fault. There's like a million reasons why this isn't her fault. She didn't break any rules. Like this film has to be in the festival. And um, they were like, we can't. The jury's already voted. We're never going to be able to get them back. And I just, I called the program, the person in charge of programs, I guess, at the festival. And I said to her, you don't understand. Like, my film needs to be in the festival this year because I'm leaving America. Like, it needs to, if it's not in this year, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm just going to die. You have to put it in. And she said, okay, they they took a vote and the jury decided they'll come back to watch the film. Thank God they decided, okay, it's fine. She can get in. We got in. And we came second place there, which was, like, amazing as well. So because of that, they sent my film to the student BAFTAs. And that's where we got shortlisted. I didn't even know that that had happened, but I just got an email one day. And I was like, is this a prank? <laughs> like, every time I got an email, I was like, is this a prank? Like, what's going on? <laughs> And they were like, you just been shortlisted. Um, and I was like, what does that mean? But I'm so happy. It says <laughs> BAFTAs. I'm so happy. Um, so, yeah, so then the BAFTAs happened. And that was, like, the first one where it was like, oh, this is, like, a real thing. That's we're being recognized somewhere that, like, other people will understand what it is. Um and yeah, and then ever since then, it's been, you know, it looks like we we've ju- we're just like getting all the festivals, but we're also being rejected from a lot of festivals. <laughs> like <laughs> we're definitely being rejected, um, but we're also being accepted, and that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, maybe a nice segue from something you were speaking about is um, you're saying that because you know it was made with NYU and you had um, your professors like really championing the project. Um, it <clears throat> made me think of after as well, and if you get uh, if you make a really great film that um, gets to travel to the other campuses, they also send it to various festivals and stuff. And I think that might be a good way into speaking about pros and cons of film school, which is what we ask, we speak to a lot of different departments about. Um, And I think is a big pro is that if you go to a film school, you're in a film school that's a part of the film industry and therefore they have connections. So when you make something great, it's, it gets, it's going to get seen. Um, So maybe for you, what are the pros and cons of going to film school and why why go to film school in New York and not here? Um, I know you sp- spoke on that earlier, but just generally, what was that? What was that like? So I think for me, um, like growing up, I always wanted to. I always wanted to be in film, and then when I was fourteen, I was like, no, I have to go study at NYU. Like. I always wanted to be in New York, but at 14, we had to do a project for life orientation about, like, where do you want to go? And everybody was doing, like, 
their schools, which were in South Africa, and I was just like, no, I want to get out. I want to go to New York. I think I was also like, um, I don't know. I feel like when like film is something that you really want to do, it's always like, oh, America is the place where it happens, you know? At least in my head, that's because everything that I was watching was from America. All these stories were American. So I was like, oh, I have to go to America because that's where it's happening. Um, And then getting into NYU was literally like one of my biggest dreams. And I got in and I was just like... (sighs) Is this a prank? No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that again. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited. Um, it was literally a dream come true. And then getting to be there was, it's just crazy. Like, like I, I felt very behind the other, I guess that was like a con is that you start, you know, in my school, I was, like, the only kid in film. You know, I was the film kid. And I never had any competition. And that was really cool because I had this, like, I was, like, I'm amazing. And then I went to film school. <laughs> and I was, like, oh, this is, like, everyone's dream? That's so interesting. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just mine. But, yeah, you start to see all these other people who are, the film kids from their school and they are incredible like they know so much and they and I think like being in America you're exposed to much more than at least I had even access to like I remember going into pick and pay and there was like the discount DVDs and we would pick like oh which one this is the one that we're watching this week you know like (laughs) they have so many options in America just to to learn and to be exposed to different things um whereas I didn't feel like I had that as much just being like I don't know and maybe that was my own fault like maybe I didn't put myself in those places um but yeah so that for me was like eye-opening and then I would say a massive pro is also like being exposed to all of these people because it really forces you to up your game, to just like think differently, to you're also like the people that you admire most are your classmates. Like they they're they're your equals and they're doing such incredible things, you know? So it makes it really pushes you. Um and I also think film school it's just like like yeah I think being a film kid and then going to film school is like a kid who loves candy and then going to Willy Wonka's factory it's like oh my god like everybody like loves everything and you get to have conversations about film and it's you start to be inspired and you can show people your stuff and it's just you, I think a lot of what film school is is creating a network of collaborators and people who will support you and champion you and then people who you will support and champion and um, work with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's – and that is what they teach us at NYU. They said to us, like, 
you know, the greatest thing that we can give you is this network of people. So I think that's great. And then I also think what's great about it is like you wouldn't be able to get into a lot of the film festivals. Like being a student is such a gift, you know. So you have like the student, you get to go to student BAFTAs. You get to go under the competition for you is people who are on the same level as you or people who have gone through similar things to you versus like just being thrown out into the wild and you are now with like, I don't know, maybe Steven Spielberg decided to do a short this summer and you're like, oh, great, now I'm against him, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think um, being a student, being a film student is just like a gift. It will be the best years of your life if, you you know, if that's what you love. Um, and I think, I don't know, if, I don't know what kinds I would give it. I guess technically you don't need film school. Like you can definitely learn everything online nowadays or like pick it up by going onto sets. So maybe, I don't know, if you're interested in something else, it's nice to, like, study that and then get into film afterwards. But I just think you learn so much more. Like, I learned about, like, how to put up a C-stand, and I just would never learn that on my own. Or, like, how to tie a knot so that you don't fall off a cliff. And it's like... I don't know why they taught that to us, but be, <laughs> but you know it. But yeah. I know it, yeah. Or, or what C forty sevens are? You know, you don't want to be the guy who goes onto set and doesn't know what C forty sevens are. So they teach you very important things. <laughs> what um, what's really interesting about what you said is that you said that you just wanted to get out of South Africa. But then it's sort of once you got there, you're like, I want to tell stories about South Africa. Do you think it took you going to NYU to find out that you wanted to take, tell specifically South African stories? Completely. Literally, it did. Because I think like my whole life, I was like, oh, I'm not going to. I didn't. Okay, this is an embarrassing secret. I didn't even get a manual car license because I was like, oh, I'm not going to stay here. Might as well just get automatic because it's going to take me quicker and they don't have manual cars in America. Like I was that certain, you know, and then I got well, to America and I was like, wait, <laughs> but I love it there. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. That's amazing. But yeah, I think it was, it was just like a perspective shift. Um, can we get back onto the the train that we were on? Get on the train. Let's get back on that train with all the awards. Let's get to the big one. How, <laughs> how, where were you when you found out that you were a finalist for the Students Academy Award? Okay, well, first let me tell you when I found out that I was a semi-finalist because that even was... Oh, yeah. So I was just sitting, I was in LA, and I was sitting at the table with my roommate and I got this email and I knew that they were gonna tell us that day like who got through and I got an email from them and my heart sunk to my toes and I saw congratulations and like 
no words were coming out of my mouth, but I was trying to speak words. So I was like, oh my God. It's a prank. It's a prank. It's a prank. <laughs> I've been pranked again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was just like, I could not. I was just like, I, I needed confirmation from somewhere. Like I needed to know that somebody else had found out or something, but I didn't care. And I called my parents. I woke them up at 3 a.m. in South Africa. And I was like, and my mom and dad, like, what's going on? And I was like, I made it to the Student Academy Awards. They were screaming. They jumped out of their beds. They went to go wake up my sister. They're like, wait, listen, what happened? So excited. And then um, when I found out I was a finalist, so I'm in Israel now, and I had to do two-week quarantine in a hotel. And I was in the hotel when I found out that we were finalists. And I was alone, so it was very it was very sad for me, you know. I was just, like, in this little <laughs> hotel room, and I was, like, screaming. I was so excited, but it kind of went, like – like that because I was just like okay now that I've called every (laughs) single person exactly I was like I've called everyone so now what do I do (laughs) um yeah wow that's crazy yeah it was it was so incredible okay so now right you're a finalist you know things are like really positive how how like uh, in your mind, how certain were you that you were going to be one of the winners? Did you even think that could happen? No, I was like, okay, so I had seen a lot of the short, mainly from the international section, from the BAFTAs. So there were some people who like were finalists for the international schools, but I was domestic because of being at NYU. So I was now in the category of domestic schools. And then a lot of the other ones were in the international like section and their films were incredible seriously like I watched them and I was like when I was doing the whole BAFTA thing I was like oh my god when this is like my first film and these people are just like this is a little bit embarrassing um because they were just so good like (laughs) I was like what is going on so I just thought you know what if I'm a finalist, this is incredible, and I'm so happy to have gotten this far. Um, and yeah, it's just like like my whole heart is just so happy. Okay, so let's talk about because Mark told me a little bit about what you told um, them on the group. So, what was it like when you found out? Like, what is the what is the setting? Tell us the tell us the story of how you found out. So, um, basically what had happened was they emailed me saying, oh, because this year is online, we want to get, um, we want to do interviews of all the finalists, like get their perspective of what it's like to be a finalist and please dress up because this is like going to be recorded, used, whatever. So I was like, okay, sounds great so i was like sounds like a sounds like an actual prank (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you see, I never see the real ones coming. That's the thing. <laughs> so then I like got all dressed up and I put like like even had like some lights up and everything. And that day I was like prepping the answers in my head of like, how did you come up with the film? And you know, like all of those things, like where are you from? Why how was NYU? And um, then I get on this call and I go through one call. It was, I was like, wow, this is definitely American because it's so efficient. Like they were like, okay, we're going to take you into one room and we're going to make sure that your sound is good and the background's good and whatever. I was like, cool. Then I get into the next. Oh, and then they actually said to me, can you make sure that you're like, viewing of non-video participants is off and I was like sure switch it off go into the next room (laughs) literally don't think about it just thought about that right now actually and then get into the next room (laughs) and it's um this uh his name is Sean and I've been speaking to him on email like throughout this, he's been sending me the good news. So I'm very excited to see him. I'm like, hey, Sean, like you've been telling me all the good things. I'm very excited. And he starts asking me questions. And he was like, like, do you know when they're announcing the medalists? And I was like, you know, I, I haven't been thinking about it that much. That was a lie. But I didn't want them to think, you know, I was thinking about it. So I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to just like. Smooth. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm trying to just like be happy that I'm a finalist. And he was like, okay, well, we actually have a surprise. It's, um, you may know him from start naming all the films. My heart drops to my toes. And I was like, oh God, he goes, maybe you've seen him at NYU. And next thing, Spike Lee is on this call and he goes, Hey, Talia. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Um, and he says to me, listen, you're a medalist. And I didn't process it. I just thought, yeah, I'm a medalist. I'm speaking to Spike Lee. Like, yeah, I got a medal. Cause I'm like speaking to him, you know? Um, and he carries on speaking to me and I just like, don't register it. I'm just, he's like speaking to me. And I think, they are both confused because I'm not reacting. I'm just, like, speaking to Spike Lee. (laughs) And then at the end of the call, he goes, Sean says, yeah, so we wanted to tell you, like, you're part of the, you're in the top three of the medalists. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And they were like, yeah, you made it. You did it. And I was like, no, I just could not believe it. I was just like, surely not. Um, yeah, and then Spike Lee was like, didn't you hear me? And I was like, well, I just thought it was because, like, I was speaking to you that I, would, like, won a medal because, like, I'm speaking to you, you know? So that's how it happened, and I embarrassed myself Whoa. in front of Spike Lee. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so break it down for us. I think when, because um, Kira and I at like three in the morning, I was just like scrolling on Facebook and then I saw like an NDY article and I sent it to Kira and I was like, what's going on? Like, what, is this, what does this mean? So we didn't know. We are like, <laughs> we read the heading and we're like, we we're like in disbelief as well, like in a little bit of shock. But then also we didn't understand exactly 
and you had to and we like you had to clarify in the the WhatsApp group as well. What's the middle? What's the middle thing? And then what's the next step? How does it get there? And what's what? Uh, what's that there? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a very confusing process. The Student Academy Awards. I'll tell you that. It's, I feel I'm explaining a lot. Is <laughs> I'm learning and explaining a lot about it. But it's basically okay. So. They have the medalists. In, in the Student Academy Awards, they have gold, silver, and bronze. So whatever we get, we've still won. We've won one of them. Um, like whichever one it is, we've won. And that makes us eligible to qualify for the Oscars in the shorts. So in order to, like be considered for the Oscars, you have to have won an Oscar qualifying competition, which for us, it's this film competition. Um, student Oscars. The student Oscars. <laughs> and, then, um, <laughs> and then only after you qualify, you get shortlisted and then nominated. So there's still like a, so there's still a lot that happens. It's quite crazy. But, you know, we'll just see what happens. I'm just so, see what happens. Maybe we'll get pranked again and that will be great for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, do you know uh, which medal you have or is that still also still coming? So that's coming October 21st. We, they announce it. Awesome. Amazing. Well, obviously, we are hoping for the best. I'm sure, like, I mean, like I said earlier, that movie is just so, you know, it, it like takes your heart and it just squeezes it and like you just feel everything. So I'm sure it's going to be good news. Okay, so I want to ask, right, how has life been since, you know, basically it was announced that you won a student Oscar? Have you been receiving like a ton of emails, phone calls? What has life been like? Yeah, I've definitely gotten a um, bunch of emails, which is great. Some are like, hey, we saw that you like are a medalist. Can we see your film? And then I don't hear back. And I'm like, oh, so you didn't like it? Is that what's happening? Um, but it's okay. Weird. Like, that's fine. Um, but then there's a lot of good ones as well where it's like, hey, what are you doing? Let's just like get to know each other. Um it, it's so, I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity. It's just like, I literally can't believe it. Um, and it's like, it was so hard. The whole journey to do it was so incredibly difficult. But at the same time, we knew it felt like at the same time, it felt rewarding at the time. So this is just like, it's like a release of like, wow, like hard work pays off. And also, like, being a foreigner at NYU is, it's hard, like, not being at home and, like, not knowing how to do a lot of things in America is hard. So, it, for me, finding it out was just, like, wow, this is such an incredible validation, um, not only for me, but just, like, South African stories, South African talent, Um and mm. now people are reaching out. It's great. It's like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a lot of hard work. 
<laughs> Nothing came easy to us, so we're very, very grateful for it. What, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring writers, directors about just how to tell a good story, how to write a good script, how to make a film that wins a Student Academy Award? Basically. <laughs> I think I'm still figuring it out for myself, but I mean, what worked for me, and it may not work for everyone, but what worked for me was not to think about that at all and write something that means a lot to you and um, have something that makes you excited to write about that you feel like, I'm doing something exactly that, like, that's my vision that I want to do. Um, and I think that way you just, it doesn't matter what happens in the end because you're going to be happy, hopefully, with the outcome. And I think I would say um, to young directors to trust your gut um, you have the vision in your head and sometimes it's hard to describe that, but nobody knows what, what you see better than you. So I think trust your gut and stick to your guns, young directors. I'm also a young director, so I don't know why I'm saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> advice to myself. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just before we go, uh, is, is Umama available uh, to the public yet or not yet? So Umama will be available probably January or February because we're still doing film festivals, which are online now and it's weird. But if you want to see when we will be screening online, then you can follow our Instagram page because we always put that up and that's at umama underscore film. Um, and yeah, that's how you can keep up to what's happening with it. Awesome. We'll put links in the description and also, um, in January we'll update it. And then if people are listening in that time, we'll put the link in there as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank this you is, guys. This such, a, such a great conversation. Like it's cool speaking to somebody who's, um, achieved so much, uh, gone to America, come back with all this stuff. It's really inspiring. So thank you so much. That was amazing. Student Academy Award winner Talia Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. So yeah, thank you so much to Talia Smith for participating in such a great conversation. We learned so much. And I'd just like to personally thank her for allowing me the opportunity to help out on the film. And thank you so much for listening. If you would like to see the video versions of these podcasts or any of the other content that we make, head on over to youtube.com slash looppictures or our website looppictures.com. And until next time, go out there, stay safe, and make your movie. movie.